Top of the morning, y'all, from Dawn and Steve. They're going to welcome Todd Nettleton in a few moments from Voice of the Martyrs to share about our persecuted brothers and sisters in the church around the world. But if you've got a question for him, you can call or text to get that in, 800-555-7898. Yeah, meanwhile, back at the ranch, I appreciate so much when we as believers steward the message of the gospel. Yeah. In other words, we share it. We live out the gospel to the best of our ability and pressing in to the Holy Spirit, doing that through our lives. And oftentimes we find ourselves in seasons. We know the Lord and we're not walking for him and we're not living for him. And then we realize, no, I need to surrender I want to do things the way the Lord wants me to do them. And that tension of surrender is always kind of a daily thing, isn't it? It is. To yep. let him be Lord. Some of the words we'll use in church, like he was, he is my savior. In other words, he saved me from my sin. I understand that relationship, but total surrender well, that's a little that, hard. That's tough, isn't that's it? That's a yeah. little hard. Well, someone that we probably know as a household name knew oh, yeah. Jesus at 14 years old. That, right. And I want to see if you recognize this voice. When I hear this voice, when I hear this sentence, this instantly takes me back to my childhood and to my youth. So it, this is the person we're talking about. Train, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, be true to yourself, true to your country. Be a real American. <laughs> you remember that voice? All right, brother. I do. Yeah, yeah. You, do, you do a better Hulk Hogan than he does. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but I spent many, many hours watching Hulk Hogan oh, in the yeah. ring. Oh, yeah. With, I see. And Ron, Randy Macho Man Savage oh. and Andre the Giant and all those guys. This is the 80s, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Going back to the 80s. Not a huge uh, fan of wrestling these days, but back to my youth those and, and names those guys, I know. yes, yeah, Jimmy Superfly Snooker and all those guys, right? <laughs> Bill, Billy Graham, not that one, but there's another superstar, Billy Graham, and and what? all those guys. So, oh yeah, a big fan of uh, the wrestling of the the '80s and Hulk Hogan and the Hulkamaniacs. I mean, I, I didn't have the uh, uh, yellow T-shirt that I wanted that I ripped, but I wanted to. Oh. Wanted, you know, he he would always come on camera and rip that T-shirt off yes. and do all those things. But as you said. He came to faith at the age of 14 mm-hmm. and then decided that he was going to kind of go his own way. He said, I thought I could drive better than he, meaning God could. I thought I could make decisions better than he could. But now he, meaning Hulk, is taking his hands off the wheel and saying, okay. Uh, it, it, it's almost like God said to him, all right, you think you can do it better than me? Go ahead and do it. And Hulk said, I got so tired of crashing and burning with a 40-year career behind me and that whole platform, I now understand that that was just a, a temporary situation setting me up for my next run. That is so cool to recognize that because yeah. he really did have a good run and for 40 years kind of just had it all, fame and fortune, and he had influence, whether it was for good or bad. I mean, I think it, for the most part, he was kind of a middle-of-the-road guy. I mean, he was, yeah. Sensational. But he, it was. Oh, yeah. It wasn't necessarily ugly sensationalism, like you said. Today, you don't particularly. Care well, the, for. the ugly stayed quiet. Generally sure. speaking, there I think. you go. There yeah. you go. It wasn't on the camera. It wasn't right. on social media because we did have social media in the eighties. There was that going for you. Yeah, if you were going to live bad, you could live bad kind of off the the public platform radar, unless the paparazzi got a hold of you or sure. the news. But now. 
knowing that surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ is what God was calling him to do fully because all of that fame and fortune platform, et cetera, he said, it's so empty. Yeah. So empty. It did not give me anything that I thought it would, which just goes back to so many conversations I bet you and I have. And I don't mean you and I, Steve, but it, it, we as people. Mm-hmm. Lord, if I could just try that for a little bit. And the Lord knows how empty that is. So he graciously continues to call us to himself who can fulfill all of the needs and, and desires that we have. You know, one of the things that he's been talking about recently is the fact that there's a difference between knowing of Jesus yes. and knowing him. He said those are two very different things. Very. A lot of us can know of God. We can know of Jesus. We can know that there's this book called the Bible that tells stories about him, and we can learn things about God. But do we know Jesus? Do we know God in a very personal way? And uh, Hulk is saying, you know, that has been one of the transformative things in his life is he went from knowing about God to actually surrendering and cultivating that deeper and more intimate love relationship with God, bringing him to the point where just recently he and his wife were baptized. I know. Which is cool to see the two of them be baptized together. Yes, so very cool. And now testifying and calling others, hey, join the Lord Jesus because he has given his life for you. Yeah, you want to find out more about how you can know Jesus? Encourage you to check out our website. It is mymoodyradio.org, top right-hand corner. It says, How to Know Christ. That's the number to join in the the conversation anytime. You call, you can text 800-555-7898. But talking a little bit about this difference between knowing of Jesus and actually knowing him. Hulk Hogan recently speaking out about that difference, coming to a saving faith in Christ at the age of 14, but then really kind of going his own way. So I'm going to drive, I'm going to be the captain of my ship, of my life, and realizing that that ended up leading to a lot of futility and a lot of frustration and eventually some pain. And it's uh, when he came to the point of fully surrendering once again that uh, the joy has returned. And I think a lot of believers can relate to that. You may even find yourself in a season like that right now. We talk a lot about surrendering to Christ and beginning that relationship with him. And that's one of the things that obviously is super critically important. You know, our eternity (laughs) hangs on that right there. But even once you've become a believer, it can be real easy to get into the mindset of, yes, I know I'm saved, And I know who Jesus is, and I know that he's forgiven my sin, and now I'm going to do my life the way that I want to do it. And it's going to be morally good because he would want that, but man, our hearts can get far from him if we are not, with intentionality, really striving to keep our hearts soft, to keep them yielded, and to really kind of pursue Jesus in a, a very intentional way. I don't know if you've ever walked through a season like that. I know I've been through more than one season like that. But if you find yourself in a season like that today, Don, how would you counsel somebody? What would you say to somebody who says, yeah, okay, I know I'm saved, but man, I don't feel like 
Jesus and, and I are very close right now. Yeah, I I think I would ask the Lord to examine my heart because this is where I go. I, I cannot figure out sometimes what's going on in my own head and heart and why, Lord, am I not letting you have authority here? What is it that I think is so much better than what you have for me, the plan that you have for me? And, and so the only thing I can do, since you know my mind and my heart better than I do, you understand. You understand big picture. You understand the minutiae then you're going to have to change me. You'll have to draw me into a place in your presence where I can understand and surrender those parts that you're starting to put the spotlight on. And that goes back for me to the psalmist when he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit in me. And I think often that scripture will give us some clues as to how we can recognize whether or not our spirit is surrendered in Philippians 2, it says this, you should have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. And then you start to read what his attitude was and how for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and took on in the shame and he took on all of the the backlash that people threw at him all the way to death. And then, of course, because he is the son of God, he rose again. This is all a promise he's given us in relationship to him. So if none of this kind of lights my fire. Lord, why not? What's yeah. going on in my life that I cannot get excited about that? I can't see the bigger picture that eternity is what we're looking at here. And the fact that you'll walk with me now, like it's both and yeah, it's not either or, and life is tough. So I think it starts for me with my attitude and how I'm treating the Lord and whether or not I'm wanting his opinion on a certain thing, wanting his way over my way, and if not, asking him. Steve, that's been the biggest thing through the years that I've noticed, that if, like, I don't want to forgive somebody, or I'm having a hard time surrendering a certain area, or I cannot get my mind renewed over something, I go to him and ask him to start to change things. Mm -hmm. And even when I don't feel like it, I don't feel like reading the word, Lord. I don't feel like doing it your way. I mean, I'm just really honest. Yeah. And the incredible grace of God enters in at that point and says, okay, I got you. It may take a while, but you eventually will come my way because I'm going to create that in you and help you, give you the strength to do that. And I'll be switched, as my grandma would say. It, he does it. Yeah. It's incredible. But just get real honest with him. Yeah. I think that is one of the biggest things is to be real honest with him. It's not like he doesn't know anyway, right? right. And so I don't know why sometimes we don't think we should be honest with him. Like, I don't know. It feels disrespectful maybe because I know you're God. And if I say how I'm really feeling right now, I feel like oh, that that's kind of messy and disrespectful. But he knows. And so... Quit playing. Quit playing. <laughs> to me, is one of those things that, you know, God kind of reminds me, like, quit playing. Yeah. Just be real. If you're upset, it's okay to say that. Even if I feel like I'm upset with him. Sure. It's okay to say that. Yeah. He can take it. And then once we verbalize that, exactly what you were talking about there. Okay, so, Lord, I'm, I'm angry right now. I'm upset. I'm even upset with you. So search my heart. Why? What's going on? And doing the work. 
to ask why and, and being honest through that process. Such a, an important thing. Maybe you find yourself uh, at a bit of a distance from God this morning. I encourage you to do exactly what you were talking about, Don. Yeah, just go to him, ask him, and then respond. As he responds to you, respond to him and just keep asking. He's working. It's Don and Steve in the morning. Oh, and you might want to do that because you might have a question for our guest. That is Todd Nettleton. He's with Persecution.com, Voice of the Martyrs, and he is an award-winning podcaster with the Voice of the Martyrs radio podcast. So, uh, yeah. You're like fancy now, and yet it's been a hard, (laughs) difficult journey to have this fanciness. I think this is so interesting, isn't it? Kind of how the Lord does things, right? In the middle of very difficult things, his presence is just that kindness as he gives his his glory and his... I, I I keep thinking like there's a heart word for it that I can't really come up with because it's more of an emotional reaction of praise to him. And I know, Todd, that is your heart as you receive this big award at NRB this year. Distinguished Service Award. He's fancy. Yeah. I I don't know that anyone's ever described me as fancy before. So thank you for that. <laughs> I, you know, I, it is very nice to be recognized but I really consider any recognition that I get really belongs to the persecuted Christians who have shared their stories with me over the last 26 years. And so I hope uh, whenever I get an award, I hope more people are going to hear about persecuted Christians now because more people are going to tune into VOM radio. More people are going to have me on their morning shows like you guys do. And so that that's really the celebration for me is, hey, maybe this opens the door to more people hearing about our persecuted brothers and sisters. I love that right there. It's the heart of the matter right there, the matter of the heart. Well, Todd, uh, you have been sharing those stories with us for a long time. And in addition to that, hosting special events, educating us on what is going on. And you've got a, a special virtual event coming up on the 8th of March. Tell us a little bit about what's coming our way. Yeah, this is coming up soon now. March the 8th is not very far away. We have a virtual event that evening, and we will have three speakers, all of whom have faced radical Islam head-on. Heather Mercer was actually arrested by the Taliban in Afghanistan. Hassan Abdurrahim is a pastor in Sudan, uh, was arrested alongside my VOM co-worker Peter Yasek, spent over a year in prison in Sudan. Uh, and then John Samara. John Samara's father is the pastor of a church in Damascus, Syria. Uh, John leads a team of church planters and gospel workers working throughout the Middle East and North Africa. So they are working in uh, Libya, they're working in Syria, they're working in some of the hardest places uh, to advance the gospel. And then we'll have music from Stephen Curtis Chapman. So it's going to be a fantastic evening uh, of worshiping together, also hearing how God is at work in the Muslim world. Uh, you you will walk out encouraged, I promise, and it's free. Uh, so you can watch it at home. It's available virtually. You can watch it at home. You can gather with your church family, gather with your Bible study group. Uh, we want people to hear these testimonies. Now, that's the coolest part, too. Not only the testimonies of what we're going to be hearing, but that it's a free event and you can access it from anywhere you are. You do need to register, though, and I think the easiest probably is persecution.com, a banner there for this I am in 
event. And so go to persecution.com and you'll learn more about it. It's March the 8th and persecution does not take a break. It does not rest. And now increasing violence in northern Mozambique. You have heard the story. What's going on there? Well, we have talked before. There is a terrorist group active in northern Mozambique. They have pledged allegiance to ISIS. Uh, they want to set up an Islamic caliphate in that part of the country. Uh, and in recent weeks, they have really kind of ticked up the violence against, I, I saw some video of machine guns going into a village. I mean, just just really like a military campaign against these villages. But one of the things that happens is they ask people, are you a Muslim or a Christian? Are you a Muslim or a Christian? The Christians are given a chance to convert to Islam, and if they don't, they are killed. Uh, and so literally they are setting up checkpoints where they are stopping vehicles and asking the driver, asking the passengers, are you a Muslim or a Christian, a Muslim or a Christian? One of our contacts was actually on a bus that got stopped at one of these checkpoints, and, and it would be normal practice for them, the terrorists, to board the bus and literally go down the aisle, passenger by passenger, Muslim, Christian, Muslim, Christian, Muslim, Christian. Thankfully, God intervened in this situation. They asked the driver, and the driver said, no, no, all my all my passengers are Muslims, and uh, apparently slipped them maybe a little bit of money to kind of grease the wheels to get through the checkpoint. Uh, and so our contact, who was a Christian and was on this bus, um, you know, he just rolled through. The Lord protected him in that situation. But we do know in the last couple of weeks, at least 11 churches have been burned in these attacks. They are targeting churches. They're targeting pastors specifically. Um, and so just a real key time to pray for our brothers and sisters in northern Mozambique. Well, we want to keep you up to date with ways that you can pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering persecution. And so you can go directly to persecution.com and you're going to find more information about Voice of the Martyrs right there, as well as this uh, virtual event coming up next Friday, the IMN event. Links for all of that at persecution.com. Yeah, we have Todd Nettleton with us. He's with Voice of the Martyrs. He's the vice president for Message and host of the radio program and podcast. And Todd, as uh, we were talking a little bit about what's happening in Mozambique, Don said, hey, we're going to Cuba next. So what is happening in Cuba? Obviously, Fidel Castro uh, passed away not that long ago. Did that make any uh, sort of difference in the way that Christians are treated there? Uh, unfortunately, no. And I had the chance to sit down with a Cuban pastor recently, and, and I asked him that question, like, hey, you know, we know Castro didn't like the church and, and heavy persecution under him. Is it any better now? And he said, no, it's actually worse. And I was like, oh, that is not the news that I wanted to hear. The government of Cuba is doing everything it can to shut down the church and keep the church from growing. They won't allow new churches to be built. They won't allow old churches to be repaired. They won't allow pastors to buy houses where they could host meetings at home. So they are meeting literally in the streets. They're meeting literally out in the fields. Uh, he talked about a gathering of over 10,000 Cuban believers wow. literally out in a field in the wide open space. In fact, he said at the beginning, you know, people were asking, where's the bathroom? Uh, they pointed off in the distance to the trees and said, there's the bathrooms. They're over there. Uh, they, if you have to go, that's that's where you go. But 10,000 believers who said, I know this is dangerous. I know the government, this is illegal for me to be here, but it, it's important to me to come together to worship the Lord, to study the scriptures. Every single pastor that was involved in that event, involved in organizing it, involved in promoting it, every single pastor was called in for interrogation afterwards. So they all 
paid a price to be a part of that. But he said the pastors in Cuba understand, yeah, there's a price to be paid when we do ministry, and we're going to pay the price. We're going to keep doing ministry. And so they are just, with their eyes very much wide open, they are willing to make that sacrifice. And so you see an event like 10,000 Christians gathered together illegally to worship the Lord in Cuba. Oh, I'm telling you, hearing the stories of our brothers and sisters in Christ and all that they endure to get together to worship the Lord and to lift up his name, it's just encouraging, I think, to us, challenging, and it's preparation, I do believe, Todd. And we see this going on, especially when you talk to some believers of late and you have a new podcast, Voice of the Martyrs Radio. And this current episode, you're saying, okay, if you haven't listened to this yet, this would be a good time. This would be a great time to start. And I, and I want to warn you, it's a hard conversation. So uh, our guest is Jeffrey Woodkey. He was a gospel worker with YWAM in West Africa. He was kidnapped by a terrorist group. He was actually traded over to different terrorist groups over the time he was in captivity. More than six years, he was held hostage by these different Islamist groups. Uh, he actually, for about five years of it, he was chained to a tree. That that he was treated worse than an animal uh, in many ways, and and just suffered horribly. Uh, in fact, he said the the last six months he was literally praying, "God, let me die. I can't handle any more of this. Please just take me to heaven. Just let me die." And yet there are are parts of his story where you see God come through. And one of the things that Jeff said, he said, these guys could beat me, they could chain me to a tree, they could make my life miserable, but they couldn't make me hate them. And he decided from very early on in his captivity, I'm not going to give in to hatred. I'm not going to hate these guys. And so he forgave them. And he said he would verbalize it to them like, hey, I forgive you for that. I forgive you for that. And he said, I it's not like I felt warm and fuzzy towards them. It's not like I had this, you know, great feeling of love for them, but I decided really an intellectual decision. I am going to forgive them. I am not going to hate them. And he verbalized that to them throughout those six and a half years. So like I say, it's a hard story, but I want to encourage people, listen, we started last weekend. That's on the podcast now. Tune in this coming weekend. We'll have part two, and then we're going to have Jeff's wife, Els, and, and hear her part of the story, being in America, wondering if her husband was even still alive. Uh, that part of the story is pretty amazing, too. So these these are, if you never listen to Voice of the Martyrs Radio, this is a great time to start. Wow. All right. So I encourage you to go check that out this weekend, Todd, in uh, 60 seconds or less. If people want to get connected with you and find out how we can continue to stay up to date with persecution, what's the best way to do that? Persecution.com is the main Voice of the Martyrs website. You can sign up for our free magazine there right at the top of the page. You can also get links to the podcast, links to the different radios, episodes. We want to equip people to pray for these brothers and sisters around the world. So lots of ways to do that. Persecution.com. Yeah, that is the easiest way. You're going to find out about the free virtual event. You're going to find out about the the uh, podcast you're talking about. You're also going to learn more about the magazine. And then there's more. Persecution.com. Thanks to Todd Nettleton for joining us. We'll get that connected through our Facebook page as well. And that's Don and Steve in the morning.